What is up, guys? This is Noah Heron. You are listening to the All Our Ways podcast. And man, what a journey this has already been. Uh, We've got people listening from all 50 states. We've got people listening from Europe and Australia, the Netherlands, Germany, Canada. It's literally mind-blowing to me um, how many of you guys are listening to these conversations Uh, It's been so cool to see where you're listening from, but it's also been really cool to see the age demographic represented. We've got people who are listening in high school and college. We've got people who are listening um, who are retired in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and it's really just blowing my mind because the whole vision of this podcast was to see different generations, different perspectives coming together for the same Jesus, and we're seeing that happen. If you could help us out, Um, by leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. That would be amazing. It helps it show up in the search for people. It helps people who um, are looking for new podcasts to check it out. And uh, we don't do that because we're trying to make our name big. We're asking people to do that because we're trying to make Jesus's name big. And I'm so thankful for all of you guys supporting the podcast. If this encourages you, um, if you could share it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, that would mean the world. Today, we have a really special conversation with one of my friends, and um, I'm really excited for you to meet him if you don't already know him. But before I introduce you, let me just give a huge shout out once again to our season one podcast sponsor, the Jesus Loves You Company. Guys, I cannot say it enough. These guys are amazing. This company, what it stands for, the message that they're sharing, um, it's not just cool clothing, it's not just comfortable clothing. It is clothing that stands for something. And um, in a time like this in our country, in our world, uh, to wear a shirt that says Jesus hates racism, that encourages people, a shirt that um, spreads light on what Jesus would be doing during these uh, tumultuous times is really, really cool. And so go check them out uh, on Instagram at Jesus Loves You Co. And if you buy something, use the code All Our Ways for a discount at checkout. Go check them out. Without further ado, today, I got the pleasure and opportunity to sit down with a guy that I've known for a while now. Um, I I heard the name Brandon Woodward about three years ago from a mutual friend, and um, the guy that told me about him could not speak more highly of a person. And so I followed Brandon on social media, and we kind of got connected that way a couple years ago. Um, I watched him from afar as he led with just humility and grace and strength all wrapped into one. What he does on a weekly basis is incredible. He serves at Citizen Church in New Mexico, which is an absolutely amazing, amazing church. And uh, there he serves as the young adult pastor as well as the high school pastor with his amazing wife, Delaney. Um, They have two little kids. They have a third one on the way. Come on, somebody. And what they do is spectacular. I mean, uh, both services, the young adult and the high school service, have hundreds of students in them. It is like they are putting on a conference every single week. Even during this quarantine time, it's just been unreal to see uh, their leadership shining through in these crazy times and the way that they've impacted students for the gospel even out of a normal rhythm and routine. And so um, I wanted to sit down and pick Brandon's brain. He's become a good friend, and uh, him and Delaney both have become good friends of Maddie and I, and they're people that we want to be like when we grow up. And so I sat down with him. He's a young leader, 
He's got a lot of great experience. He's doing a lot of things. But I wanted to talk to him specifically about being a young leader and managing time. What does that look like? How do we balance the rhythms of our life? He had a bunch of really incredible things to say. I think that you're going to enjoy them and that they'll encourage you. So without further ado, my conversation with my friend, Brandon Woodward. Brandon, thank you so much for being on, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited, man. I, I was just saying I got to listen to that trailer that you just put out about this thing. And um, man, I'm excited. This is, this is going to be really fun. Uh, just a, a little backstory. Um, Brandon and I, we, uh, we've known each other for a while now, a couple years, I would say, through social media. And we actually got to um, meet about uh, nine months ago or so at the Youth America Conference, where we both were sharing. And um, just look up to you a ton. But there's one blemish on your resume, and that is that you are an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Yeah. And, um, would, you know, I don't think I've been praying. Yeah, that's not a problem. <laughs> I've been praying since I met you yeah. that this would be something I could look past, but it just keeps coming up. And um, I was with you and your uh, wife, Maddie, and I were um, recently for your young adults group. Yeah. And um, you made me type in a Zoom password that said Roll Tide yeah. uh, to join that meeting. And so today, your password to join this recording was Go Docs. And I feel yeah. like uh, our listeners just need to know that we are indeed praying for you and that there is signs of improvement. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to be real. I don't think I've ever said this, but those are prayers that I actually don't want or need. Uh, I, we're doing good, bro. Like we're winning a lot. I think Georgia, if anybody, y'all need some help. And so you got close a couple of times and I'm sorry, honestly, bro, that one championship, I, I honestly kind of felt bad. I, I really did for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we don't need your pity, man. We don't need it. Um, I live with an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, and she went to the school. And so I, I feel like this is the Lord's way of really humbling me and really just just uh, practicing fruits of the Spirit in my life. So, <laughs> but um, man, I'm so excited. And uh, I really just have so many things I want to ask you about because um, your life is so interesting to me in so many different ways. Um, I think from a ministry perspective, the best way I know how to describe what you do um, is that you put on two conferences every single week on a weekly basis throughout the year. I mean, you, you lead an a amazing um, student ministry, uh, you know, high school ministry, and then you also lead an amazing young adult ministry, you and your wife Delaney, and you do them on separate nights. There are literally hundreds of students at both um, services, at both experiences, and it's done at such a high level. I've watched from afar. I've talked to people who've been there, and um, the efforts and the excellence levels are just amazing. Um, and I would love to just start by asking you a little bit about rhythm. Because I know to pull something off like that, you have to, you have, to have some sort of rhythm in, in your life set in place so that you can do that without, you know, burning out or just going crazy. So would you speak to that a little bit to start us off? Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate everything you're saying, man. Um, we all look like extra good on social media too. But um, no, but I love our ministries, man. And I, and I really... Um, I really do think they're great and they're amazing. And I don't want this to sound cliche because I mean it, but I, I attribute probably most of it just to uh, really good people around me. So you're talking about 
you know, running two ministries and kind of the, the grind that that is. Um, I tell people a lot that our week feels really short because we work Sunday, you know, basically Sundays are like a work day. And then uh, we work through Thursday, we take Friday and Saturday off. So you imagine for our, our team that does these things like Sunday is all Sunday church and all that kind of stuff. And then Monday, you know, you feel like you're getting ready for these two services. Tuesday, Wednesday, you run these two services. Thursday, like you're recapping them. And yeah. uh, so that's, it's been a struggle. It's been, um, and not all bad or anything like that, but it's been a, a battle for us to figure out how to manage our time well and how to continue to like do, be doing ministry outside of those two services. Um, but I think as far as like, you know, rhythm goes, I think I could speak to that maybe first from like, just like really practical with like what it looks like at our church with our team. And then maybe in a sec, we could dive into like personal rhythm. And I'd love to hear Absolutely. Some from you That'd as well. Great. I'd love to hear, I know you're a busy guy and uh, I'd love to hear about your rhythms, but um, yeah. So I think anything like this, I think starts obviously with, with a really good team. Um, and for the nine years that I've been running young adult ministry, um, I've always had good people around me, um, volunteer staff too. I think there's, there's a thing in young adult ministry and in youth ministry. I think there's a lot of pastors that are always, I was like this. You look at other churches, maybe larger churches that have like a large youth staff. Like they, you're like, they pay guys to just come yeah. and hang out all day. And like, and I, um, I just recently, like in the last year, finally kind of have a paid youth team, but because we're youth and young adults. Um, so we're doing young adult for nine years. Um, we added the youth ministry as well into our plate four years ago. And uh, you can you can see a noticeable just like shift in what we had to do and create in that that year because it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, so good people around us, and we've done it with volunteer teams, and so we've always been willing to to ask a lot out of people. And I've I've learned that from great leaders. Like I think sometimes we feel like we're really begging people, like, hey, come, would you do me a big favor by being a part of this and helping us? And and I just heard great leaders through the last few years that are like, go, you're actually doing them a favor. Like, go and ask them to come and be a part of what you're doing and saying, this is going to bless your life. This is going to be the most fun thing you've ever done. We are building something that we're going to be talking about when we're 70 years old. That's what we kept telling our team. Like, let's do something so crazy that when we're 70 and 80, like we're telling our grandkids about stuff that they don't really care about, but we're wow. that excited about what we're building. And so started there. And so I think, um, I think you're always going to feel like you don't have a rhythm and you're burning out. If you don't have a team. And so get good people around you and mm -hmm. the Craig Rochelle model, right? If they can do it at 70 to 75% of what you can, then let them do it. And so we've had to learn and you're going to get frustrated at them. You're going to want to fight them sometimes, but um, I think that's so important. And, and then our, just a real quick rundown of our week. Um, obviously, like I said, church on Sunday, we're willing to have Sunday afternoon um, meetings and follow-ups if we need to, because it is a work day. Um, and then, yeah, Monday is like our, our, you know, big time, like 30,000 foot big picture meetings kind of um, earlier in the afternoon after we have staff meeting and department head and all of that. And then uh, the afternoon is just like finalizing small details for the next two days. And then we like to get, you know, a week, couple weeks ahead. Um, yeah, then two, it's just crazy, man. Cause like, here's, this, this was typical for me for a while. Um, and until I learned, I have to let other people preach. Sometimes I felt like I think I had to wear it. Um, but man, I would, I would spend the whole day Tuesday having to, to, sometimes write the whole thing, but at least finish up my sermon. I'm a practice, my sermon yeah. kind of guy. I have to. Same. And so I'm doing that on Tuesday. And then we're at the church till 1030 that night. And then literally I wake up the next morning and I'm just like, okay, I got to do this again. And I wasn't preaching the same sermon. We're doing a completely different service. It's an entirely yeah. different auditorium, different worship team. And so then we're putting that on. And by the time I got to Thursday, man, I just started feeling like I'm dying. And so I felt like I had to learn in the last 
you know, six months or so, I can let other people preach. Like, I'm not as cool as I think I am. This doesn't ride and fall on, you know, my messages. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a, a heavy four years, but, you know, thank God for my wife, who's just like a yeah. rock. And, you know, she's half of our ministry's favorite preacher anyway. So when she preaches, it's like, it's not a letdown. It's like for a lot yeah. of them, it's like, okay, the better preacher's here. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, awesome. so that's a little bit of just like the, I guess, practical weekly kind of grind that we're in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's what that's looked like. Man, I, I've watched from afar and I've literally, I've had the conversation with Maddie because I would see, you know, you post the first night. And, and I think I even messaged you one time and asked you if you spoke the same message, because if you spoke the same message, it wouldn't have made it uh, a huge, um, like a significantly amount bigger or, or easier. Uh, but it would have definitely taken some of that workload off of you. And then you said, no, I, I actually preach a different message. And my mind was blown. And I remember telling Maddie, like, man, you know, Brandon, we got to pray for Brandon because this dude is running hard uh, to, to do all this. And I know that a lot of our listeners are in ministry um, vocationally, but there's a, a big percentage that aren't. But I do think that all of us, whether we're in ministry vocationally or not, kind of battle this struggle of, doing for God and being with God. And sometimes our uh, pendulum or our scale can kind of get imbalanced. And I think, especially for those of us who are kind of task oriented, that can be a real struggle. Um, I know it is for me. Would you kind of just explain like how, how does the Holy Spirit keep you in check and kind of show you um, how do you recognize your limits of, you know what, I might be doing too much. I need to focus more on on the being, I need to readjust my rhythm. What are some of those um, warning signs in your life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so like I was, uh, when we were talking a little bit ahead of this, I was saying, you know, I'm typically, you know, a pretty kind, like jovial person, you know, and I, I'm yeah. like a silver linings kind of guy, don't like confrontation. I think for me, one of the big signs that something's off is I get, I get irritable and like, mm -hmm. and it's quick. And I'm, I'm talking to my wife in like a tone that like I just never do. Um, I'm, I'm getting frustrated with my team. Um, and then I just, there's a general sense of just um, heaviness. You know, it's, what's really interesting for me is I don't get stressed out a ton or really easily. But when I do, I don't seem to know what to do with it. And I just get heavy. Uh, my wife can immediately tell that something's off. And so, again, like I was saying, thank God for my wife. I mean, she's yeah. uh, been so beneficial in this season. And um, so she'll, you know, typically ask me and, and she's such a good encourager. But yeah, I think, um, I think those are things. I think sermon writing gets so much more difficult in those seasons. Um, I mm. feel like I'm, I'm banging my head against a wall. Like, you know, there's those moments that, you know, you're writing, and you probably know this and feel this. There's moments where you're writing a sermon or, or even like you're counseling somebody. You're just talking them through something, and it just feels like you're flowing. And it's like, yeah. okay, I feel the Holy Spirit is writing this message. I feel yeah. the Holy Spirit is actually giving the advice to this person right now. Because like I don't even know what I'm saying, but like it's it's actually good, you know. And I think those are those moments where I'm like, that was way beyond what I could do. Um, and so I know I think I think when it feels like I'm just struggling and I don't have things to say to people and I don't in the sermon writing is just not even that it's more difficult. It just feels like nothing's coming. I think those are my biggest signs. Like okay, Brandon, you are you're doing ministry, but like you're you're putting on services, but you're not really doing much else besides that. Like how is yeah. your relationship with God. And I'm, I'm constantly challenging my team and this is not new information, but I guess just as a reminder, you're not going to be able to give what you don't have, right? Yeah. We, we want to give, we want to pour out. I want to preach in a way that's just helpful. It's life-giving. Um, people are getting saved. 
I want to lead every meeting with life. I want to have every conversation, but it's like, if you don't have, right, if I have not taken in, if I have not received, I'm not going to be able to give what I want to give. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's really important for me, Noah, to um, make sure that I don't just do things for God, but right, I'm doing things with him, um, that I'm taking those times and those moments to, to draw back and like get what I need from him. Um, so yeah, I, I think, and I think a lot of that goes to, um, you know, do we have, do we have rhythms in our life? Right. And I think for a lot of pastors, especially the busier get you busier you get. And when you add a family into the equation, it just adds more uh, ways to be distracted. Man, when I wake up in the morning, I have to get up early because there is a ticking clock when my kids are going to wake up, like literally a ticking clock. My my daughter has this alarm clock that turns green when she can get up. And I mean, on the minute it turns green, she's running out of her room telling me her, you know, her alarm clock is green. Um, So I don't know, man, in, in, a, in the midst of all this chaos, like, and, and just so many things happening and trying to just like, you know, I, I feel like I'm trying to please everybody. I'm trying to help everybody. I'm trying to please God. I'm trying to do all this stuff. I think the most important thing is drawing back. And am I, am I having that morning time with God? Am I starting my day well? Um, and then I love my, my sister-in-law said this recently in a staff meeting and it just challenged me. She said, it, it, it matters how you start your day, but a lot of us stop there. Uh, but it also matters how you end your day. And so I'm always trying to focus like, how am I starting my day? How am I ending my day? Can I give my entire day to God? And then can I end my day by thanking God for what he did? And, wow. you know, just preparing myself for what's coming the next day. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's a challenge for pastors across the board to not get caught up in ministry, just becoming this, this spinning wheel that you're in. And I think, mm-hmm. um, it gets pretty, I always tell people ministry is honestly just the worst. If you're not doing it with the right motives yeah. and if you're not full of God, it just feels so empty. Honestly, mm-hmm. it really does. Man, I want to go back to something you said um, about starting your day, ending your day. I, I think that goes right along with the rhythms that we're talking about. Something that I know you're very familiar with in student ministry and young adults is the rising increase of anxiety and stress and worry um, in our generation. Uh, Brandon, what, what, uh, generation do you fall in? Are you in a, a millennial? Yeah. Millennial. Okay. Okay. Year. So yeah. you're a millennial and what's your Enneagram number? Um, I am a nine. I'm like a nine wing eight. So wow. like, see, I told you, I don't like confrontation. I'm like, I want everyone wow. to be at peace. And then the eight comes out every now and again. Cause like, I'm so nice. But then there's these moments where I'll just like, I'll cut you, you know, if I need to. <laughs> Uh, but it's rare. It really is rare. Um, um, I think uh, I would have guessed one or th- or three for you, just because yeah. you're so um, you know you're so driven. You're a natural leader. I, I know nines absolutely can be uh, can be all of those things, but that's that's but really interesting. If, if you'll let me, like, so I think um, I wasn't even planning. Like, I know maybe we weren't even going this direction, but yeah. so enneagram stuff um, and, and personality traits, I think, I think they're amazing because you can learn so much about you. And like, yeah. my wife's all into it and, and I love reading about it. But yeah. I think sometimes like you can read about you and feel almost trapped. Like when I read about nines, it makes me not like myself as much. I'm like, God, like nines don't make great leaders apparently. Cause we, we just, we like to retreat. We don't like confrontation. And so I got, I got to be honest, maybe this will help somebody. I am a nine. Honestly, I don't like confrontation. I can lean toward laziness. I can lean toward retreat when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so almost daily, man, I'm at war with my, my personality. And it's not like I don't like who I am, um, yeah. but I have, to, I have to check a lot of stuff. And I daily, and this, I mean this, I daily have to decide to lead today. Like, and so I walk into meetings and I'm like, all right, all right I've got to make sure that I'm 
you know, making decisions. I'm not indecisive. And, and I think sometimes we just, we, we feel like we're, you know, we have to succumb to our personality and like, this is just who I am. And like, I'll never, and I don't know, man, I just, um, I want to be that like one that I want to be that kind of nine, like you, like you just said that it kind of shocks people when they find that out because yeah. I'm not willing just to say, well, yeah, that's where I naturally go, but yeah. I'm trying to, I guess I'm just trying to show people, you know, you can choose to lead. It's, there's not, leadership is not threes. It's not eights. It's not wow. one. Leadership is anybody in that whole thing. You could be a two, a helper and be the greatest yeah. leader on the planet if you just yeah. choose it. Um, so anyway, a little bit random, but I'm, I just feel like I'm battling that every day, every day. I, I love this because th this is a daily conversation between Maddie and I. I, I'm a three and I'm the same way. I get embarrassed about sharing that I'm a three, not be, not because, um, of the same reasons, but, but when you read about a three, they're the ones who are all about achievement. They're, they're the ones who will, you know, they want to show you their trophy case and, and yeah. all these things. Yeah. And, um, that really embarrasses me. Uh, but when I read a, a lot about threes, I, I think the same way. I'm like, this is what I naturally lean towards, but it's a daily um, die to self. And my, my wife's a two. That's what I want to be. I want to be a two. I want to be a helper. I want to be the one that is always putting other fir others first. And um, I love what you're saying that you're, you don't have to be trapped by those things. I think it works the same way, very similarly with our feelings right? Um, people say on, on Pinterest and on Twitter all the time, follow your feelings, follow your heart. That is not good advice. That is not good. Um, that's that's the, the last thing we should be doing as, yeah. as Jesus followers. Okay. I, I want to drill down on something because um, for those who are listening and not watching this, uh, they, they don't might not know this, but Brandon, you, you're ripped. Okay. I know you work out. Um, you've got a, an amazing family. You've got uh, a little girl named Finley, little boy named Carson, your wife, Delaney. You're leading two incredible ministries. You serve your older brother at an incredible church. Um, you travel, you preach, you've got a ton going on. And I know in order for you to do that, it takes extreme discipline. And I don't even, you know, we're friends. We're not great friends yet, but I know from afar that that takes extreme discipline. And I know that we have a lot of younger listeners yeah. who they want to do things for God. They want to, do, they want their life to have impact, to have meaning. And I think for many of us who are just getting started in that journey, one of the hardest things to do is establish discipline in our daily life. And so I would love to know, um, has that been something that's been natural for you? Is that something that you've had to work at? What does that look like? What are some ways that maybe listeners can um, become more disciplined with their time and, and with okay. what they do? Okay, yeah, no, good question. And I like even just the way you just said that, like is discipline natural or something that you had to kind of learn? Um, so my, my honest opinion on discipline is it's not natural for anybody. Um, I don't think that there's a DNA of discipline. I think it's, you decide discipline. Every, every person, like you're not, I promise you, you're not just coming from a family and you have discipline because your dad did. If you have that discipline, it's because you watched your dad and you decided I want to be like that. You know what I mean? Or you watched your parents not have it. So you decided you wanted to, whatever that looks like. And so I wanted to maybe shake that up a little bit where people just think I come from a really undisciplined type of family. So it's just part of who I am. And I'm like, I call bull because it's not true. Um, <laughs> you decide it, like you have to make a decision. I'm going to become a disciplined person. And I think, I think for starters, man, um, and I really, I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm that kind of preacher. Like I'm going to rag on myself and I'm going to show you every area like where I'm, you know, 
weak. I'm gonna make fun of myself. I'm five, eight and a half. So I talk about being short all the time and I hate it. You know, I, all I want to do is dunk and I never will. But, um, <laughs> but discipline is one thing that I really can speak to. Like I, I, I am a disciplined person and, and uh, my wife would tell you that about me that, um, but I, I think again, it's a decision that you make. And so I think one of the best books that I've ever read on discipline is called the power of habits. Um, and you know, incredible stuff. And there's a few others and I can't think of them in the moment, but, um, one of these books though was talking about this and it's always stuck with me. Then I can get into like the, the rhythms and practical stuff, but, um, okay. So this, this framed everything for me. So he said that think about every decision you make, like casting a vote. Okay. So like every time that you, you pick up your phone and just, you know, veg for 30 minutes or an hour or five minutes, yeah. that, that's a, it's a vote you just casted. Every time you eat the Oreos at night, instead of just like going to bed, every time you drink uh, Coke instead of water, right? So every decision you make is a vote. And he said, basically what you're doing with your life is you are electing a future version of yourself. And so just like an election, you know, it takes, it takes millions of votes to elect somebody. Same with your life. It's taking thousands and thousands, millions of little decisions. So every decision you make, I'm casting a vote for some future version of myself. And that vote either is going to um, result in me electing a, a better version of me, you know, one that is more, even more disciplined, is a better dad, a better leader, a better husband, a better pastor, or that vote actually was, you know, it wasn't great. Now, we know in an election, every vote is so minor, like your one vote doesn't really matter. And it's, and that's what keeps a lot of people from voting. But when you compile them, man, it makes all the difference in the world. So anyway, that, that like was revolutionary for me. And so like, I'm not even kidding, man. Anytime I'm doing something and I'm like about to like, Last night I made a bad vote, bro. I ate a bowl of honey bunches of votes at 11 p.m. Like, and I, even as I'm eating it, I'm like, this is, a, this is a crappy vote. Like, dang it. Like, I don't want to be that guy that's like a little bit, you know, more lethargic tomorrow and like, you know, maybe has a, a gut in the future. So it just reframes it for you. So I think like that all the time. And so in my life, I, th- I think a few of my disciplines are, I get up early, man. I do. Um, yeah. I, I kind of am one of those people, I refuse to get up past 7 a.m. ever ever really even on weekends and i love talking to people in this season because they're like man i've just been getting up like you know earlier than i want I was talking to my nephew he's like i got up early today i was like what time did you wake up i was thinking like 6 a.m he's like yeah. i got up at 9 30 i just started laughing. <laughs> it's not early man but i think getting up early is incredible if you can like if you don't work a late night shift like yeah get up get up early get up in those hours where the sun is not even up yet or coming up and just those are those alone time moments so my morning routine is is get up at you know Quarantine, it's about six or 6.30 outside of all of that stuff. Like when, um, when life is normal and more normal right now, actually, like I can get up closer to 5.30 in the morning. And um, first thing I'm gonna do is make coffee, drink a big glass of water. Um, yeah. I heard a pastor friend was like, you gotta get refreshed in the morning. So just really practical, drink a big old glass of water, um, drink some coffee, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna immediately um, dive into the Bible. So I read yeah. my utmost for his highest. It's, a, it's an old Devo by Oswald Chambers. Some of the most intriguing, interesting thoughts you'll ever hear. It's like, wow, blows my mind half the time. And then I do the Bible in one year app by Nikki Gumbel, which I just love. I love it. I love him. Um, I've been able to be around him a couple of times. And there's just like, he's like the most pure hearted man I think I've ever been around him and my dad. Um, yeah. And so I do that. And then I'm, I, I love to pray every morning, man. I'm going to take, you know, 15 minutes. And I'm, I'm one of those guys, Noah, that I like literally am like, I want to get down on my knees in prayer just as a posture. And every day simply inviting the Holy Spirit, you know, come Holy Spirit. I want my words to be your words, my thoughts to be yeah. yours. I want my actions to be yours. I want my love to be yours today. And I say that almost every day. And um, yeah, then after that, you know, once that's ending, you know, 745, my daughter's up. And so she's hopping up. I'm cooking them breakfast. Um, and oh, also throw, throwing a workout in those as well. I work yeah. out almost every day. 
And I think for me, it's just like, it's not, um, I'm 30. So I'm past that point of like, I need to look good, you know, on the beach and all that. I don't really care. To me, it's like a mental health thing. And everything yeah. you read about mental health says you, you have to, you've got to move. You've got to go walk. You've got to run. You've got to lift. And, um, and I, like, I like to lift by myself because I've realized um, when I'm alone and I'm working out, I don't need like heavy metal and I don't need like rap music to get me in the zone. I'm on podcasts. I'm on audiobooks. I'm crushing yeah. something that's beneficial. Two birds, one stone. And that's just, I mean, and I'll do all of that um, till 745. And, and so then I'm like really starting my day and I've already knocked out a ton of stuff. So, okay. Uh, I want to jump in right there. I want to jump in right there. I hear two things as you're talking. Number one, um, I hear a lot of stuff going on in the mornings because you have a lot of stuff going on the rest of your day. Yeah. And so um, that speaks to me that just because you're busy doesn't mean that that's an excuse to keep you from the things of God or pursuing the things that you feel like right. God's put on your heart. But the second thing that stands out to me, and this is going to shock some of our younger, our younger listeners, um, but I think really help them, is I don't uh, hear you saying much about stopping to check your phone, um, being on your phone. And this is something that I really see in our generation, you know, millennials all the way down to Gen Z especially, uh, is that we we find excuses to be on our phone and you kind of said veg out and that's a vote that sometimes we cast negatively i love the vote um illustration but uh how I, i'm under the um camp that believes that our phone is actually one of the biggest reasons we disconnect from god period Absolutely. Um, and I think if we want to take it a step further, I think it's one of the biggest reasons we say no to the things that God is calling us to do. And it's not a no that's really audible always. Sometimes it's just a no of, you know what, I'm going to spend 30 minutes here on my phone scrolling. I'm going to spend another 30 minutes here. And over time, we've casted that negative vote so much that if we were to look back on our life and add up the time we have put into something that we don't even remember, we could have done so much. We could have been with God so much more. Um, what does that look like for you as far as just really practical? How much are you on your phone throughout the day? How much do you use social media? All of those things. I think that could be really helpful to someone right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think phones are, are a huge problem right now. And uh, I hate that we have them, you know? Yeah. So I think um, I'm, I'm honestly not on my phone a ton. I've, uh, I text a lot during the day. That's kind of the, the main way, like my teams and I are, are um, working um, but I think, yeah, I'm not on a ton. I love what, what John Mark Comer, and I feel like the whole world's quoting him right now because, yeah. because he actually wrote a book, I think that is paradigm shifting. And so I think it makes yeah. sense that everyone's like, Hey, John Mark Comer, John Mark Comer, but he wrote the ruthless elimination of hurry. Yeah. And, and his, this whole premise is just like, you know, we are actually in a hurry all the time. Everything's moving, but then we're also, it's not just hurry that keeps people from doing great things and things for God and becoming better. It's also just distraction as well. Right. Distraction yeah. is maybe even a bigger problem than hurry. And so um, I, I love what he said though. He said, take your smartphone and do everything you can to make it a dumb phone. Mm -hmm. And um, so actually what I did a little while back, Noah, is I, I took kind of some of his advice and I deleted a lot of apps. I also um, turned off notifications for almost every single app. Um, wow. I'm actually really slow to get back to people on Instagram and all these other apps. Cause I don't know when you message me, I don't know when you um, liked something, or if you get all your likes, like that's a problem to begin with. But um, I don't know. I don't really know when you commented or messaged because I'm I'm getting rid of those notifications because like 
how often are you, are you genuinely trying to pray or do something just even productive? Let's even get outside yeah. of like, you know, having to do something in like that spiritual realm, but just being productive working and you just get a notification. And then all of a sudden you just spent 15 minutes on your phone reading an article about how the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's not going to happen, but you're, you get caught up in that stuff. So I turned yeah. off my sport. Those were my biggest problem. Um, so I think, I think somebody listening right now, I think heed the advice and don't take it from me. Take it from John Mark Comer, who's yeah. been there, who's a seasoned pastor and um, he's saying, take that smartphone, make it dumb and do everything you can get rid of the apps. Like yeah. my wife and I, we downloaded TikTok, And then seven days later, we deleted TikTok Cause it was like, mm. well, you can get a two hour, just, I mean, it's hilarious. It's amazing yeah. creative content. And so, yeah, yeah, what's taking your time. And I think, um, I think it's important to do this before you ever get married, before you have mm. kids. Cause you think it's going to change. If I have kids, I won't be on my phone. Yeah, you will. I've, I've had plenty of moments. My daughters had to be like, dad, get off your phone. And she's three. Right. Wow. And I think it's better to learn when you're single, how to, you know, get away from it and, and yeah. turn that thing off. And I think in the mornings, one of the reasons I like to get up before the rest of the world is, is I can literally leave my phone upstairs if I need to. Mm. And because I'm up early, I'm not going to get text messages. You know, my team is not up at 6am. They're not up at five yeah. or five thirty am um, They're younger than I am. They're going to sleep a little later. So I don't, I don't even need it at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, um, I've tried to not allow myself to get into that addiction of social media I don't post a ton to begin with. Um, and I just, I'm trying to keep it that way, to be honest. It's not really where I get my, my life. It doesn't build me up a whole yeah. lot. So I try to stay away from it. I love it. I, I think, you know, what's so good about this conversation is both of us, we have to use social media yeah. with what we do. We have to, and, you know, that's <laughs> where the people that we are doing ministry with doing ministry for are at. And so it would be, it would be counterproductive for us not to be on there. Um, and I, I, I know that most everyone listening probably has a social media app on their phone. Um, and this might be the first time you're hearing things like John Mark Comer's words or, or things like Brandon is saying. Um, but I would just encourage anyone listening right now to try some of these things that, that Brandon's talking about. See if it doesn't add life to your life to just put down your phone for a little bit. I, I found, uh, I read John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, one of the greatest books I've ever read outside of the Bible. I mean, I have, the whole thing is highlighted. It made me want to read the rest of his books. I've read those now. And um, it really shocked me when I finished that book. I read it the first week it came out um, at the, the end of 2019. And when I read it, I didn't even realize what social media was doing to me, um, not just on a spiritual level, but on a practical like thinking level. Like it was making, my smartphone was making me dumb. And yeah. I couldn't focus on ideas as well. I couldn't, I was finding that my attention span was shrinking so much when I was reading. I didn't want to read anymore because it was too long. It was too time consuming. And um, really the past five, six months have just been such a refreshing um, journey for me of setting up times. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to use social media. I'm going to stop letting social media use me. Yeah. And um, I think that that's something that all of us could do a little bit better job at. So thank you for, for sharing those things. Um, and uh, I know our, our time is kind of coming to an end, but I would love to um, just pick your brain. You know, we've got all different generations of people listening to this and, and a lot of people who are very familiar with what you're doing and, and who you are. What are some maybe um, resources that some of our listeners might want to check out? You mentioned John Mark Comer's book. 
um, things that have had great impacts on you or, or maybe even podcast, whatever, that you would just encourage people who um, they want to do the things that we're talking about. They want to take ownership of their day. They want to go um, deeper with Jesus. Just, just give us some, some um, points in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, there's a lot of stuff. So I think, I think for me, um, you know, it's, I think it's really fun to always listen to sermons and things like that. And there's, there's always a million things you can listen to on YouTube with that. But um, I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm in the podcast world some. Um, I'm, I've gotten really into audiobooks, um, And just because for me, maybe, maybe it is because of my like literal attention span has shrunk. Um, but I can, I can process those. And, and a lot of people, they just, they always tell me when I tell them I, I crush audiobooks, like I could just never do that. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I really think you yeah. could do it. And what I'm finding is I'm probably, I'm probably reading five, six times more books in a year than I was wow. when I was just trying to open a book. Cause I just, I don't have, I just, the time has gotten shorter, you know, running these yeah. ministries, a wife, my, my kids, me just sitting on the couch reading, um, that has to be done at like 10 at night. And at that point I'm just tired. And yeah. so I'm doing audio books. I'm listening. Here's what's, here's what's kind of unique. So I think a lot of people love, you know, all the leadership books and those things. And I think they're great. And, you know, we could talk about a few of those that have been really impactful. Um, what I've gotten into like crazy in the last couple of years are biographies. And what I'm finding is that when you read biographies and autobiographies about people that you aspire to be like, people that just have intriguing stories, I almost feel more inspired out of that than I do a leadership book. Because wow. leadership stuff, I think you can kind of Google and you can get all the one-liners. You can, you can um, you know, listen to leadership podcasts and, and you're going to get so much of that. You don't have to consume an entire book. Um, the biographies are just, they're insane, man. I've, I read, um, you know, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and I'm, I'm yeah. reading that like, I'm just inspired by this guy who just hopped on a plane, flew over to Asia and is like, I'm just going to find somebody that might want to be in the shoe <laughs> business with me. And, and so you just start thinking like in an entrepreneurial mindset, like I could do something crazy like that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, um, I read a book called, you know, the boys in the boat. It's the story of like the 1936 Olympic gold medal rowing team that were from Washington, like a bunch of nobodies and how they beat everybody in the Northeast. And they went to the time trials and beat everybody. They go to the Olympics and hit in Hitler's like Nazi Germany and they just defy all the odds. And so you're just wow. motivated. I, I read that book in like three days or, or listened to it. And do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I'm listening to an incredible one right now called Team of Rivals. Um, and it's the story of Abraham Lincoln. And I love this. It's not just his story. It's how he used all of his political opponents and through just loving them and like welcoming them in, his opponents in like the primaries who didn't like him all became his cabinet members. And so it teaches wow. you how you can take people you disagree with, who you don't even like, who don't like you. But if you play this the right way and you're just kind um, yeah. and, and you, you, know, you stick to what you know and your values, he pulled all these people in. And a lot of people say that the reason he was able to have the impact on, on abolishing slavery and winning the Civil War and we have the nation we have today is because he brought in the best minds and he didn't just shun everybody and go, we, we disagreed that one time. We talk bad about each other. We can't work together. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, leadership books are great, but it's like, go, go listen to like these real stories, read these real stories. Yeah. And like, you're just going to feel like you can do anything, you know, when you, when you listen to um, audiobooks, cause I, I recently got into that as well. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'll, I'll have a physical book that I'll read mostly at night. Like I'm same wired the yeah. same way as you, I feel like as far as time goes, um, a lot of times I do that at night. But when I go to the gym, when I'm in the car, I always have an audiobook on. Do you take notes on the audiobook, like in your phone, like to help you remember, or do you just have a good memory? Uh, it depends. So the 
the reason I like biographies to listen to is you don't really have to take notes. You just to kind of yeah. get to take in the story and you still get the leadership principles and ideas. Yeah. So when I listen to Power of Habits, um, yeah, I feel like every few moments I was pulling my, I have, I have every chapter, I have notes on the Power of Habits. So yeah. if it's more that type of book, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to either go try to find that physical book and maybe even read along while I'm listening just to highlight. Cause yeah. you, what's cool is you can listen, if you have the book and you're listening, you can do t- two times speed and you can just crush through that book so fast. Um, but yeah, the biographies are just stories. So you're not typically mm-hmm. having to write things down unless a really inspirational thought pops in your head and you can take a yeah. second to, you know, jot that down. Um, yeah. What about you? Are there resources you would recommend? What are you into? Man. Yeah, so I, dude, I've actually been reading. Um, I've been reading a lot of those same biographies. I read Shoe Dog. Um, I read The Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger, uh, who was the CEO of Disney. That yeah. inspired me in so many ways. Um, but lately, man, I have not been able to put down this uh, this guy. He actually passed away about ten years ago. He's the guy who. Um, mentored John Mark Comer. His name's Dallas Willard. Yeah. And uh man, I have just deep dove into his books. They're really they're really thick. And they're actually it was through reading his books that I realized I had an attention span problem because mm-hmm. I would read a couple pages and I'd be like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I just read and I'd have to go back and read it. But it's super um it's super helpful to the uh everyday Jesus follower, just your walk with with the Lord and uh, it's really challenged me not to just wait to get into heaven, but to really attempt to allow Jesus to put heaven into me. Um, that's the best way to describe it. Uh, I, I'm really trying to get to a place where um, I am so at peace with who Jesus is in my life and, and so unhurried, uh, to quote John Mark Comer, that just the rest of, of life, the rest of the time I have on this earth, I'm able to actually enjoy it, to enjoy the moments with Jesus. That's kind of what I'm chasing after. And even through this podcast is to try to help people in the different areas of their life to, to be able to enjoy Jesus more, I think would be the goal, if I could say, of this podcast. And dude, our, our conversation, it went by so fast. I feel like everything that you said just really hit that goal. And I know I'm, I'm, I've been helped through this. Um, and so any closing thoughts, man, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. No, thank you for letting me be on this. I'm, I'm excited for this. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'll get an honor that you would even let me be a part of it. Um, and, you know, you said in the beginning that you're praying for me and my wife. And uh, we're praying for you guys as well. You, you have an incredible platform. And so every day I'm just praying for you that, you know, God would just use you. That as your platform grows, your, your character and integrity would grow even faster. Um, you know, I heard a pastor say a while back that the, the enemy is allowing compromised leaders to be raised up he eventually wants to release them into the world because he can cause them to, you know, when they go crashing down, it brings a lot down with it. And so anybody that has, um, you know, big impact or big influence, man, I'm particularly praying for right now, especially younger guys. And um, just, yeah, that's for you. That's for anybody, you know, fight. Your character has to outpace, um, you know, your calling and it has to outpace your platform and, um, you know, let God do what he wants. And a lot of that is like Noah was just saying, slow down. And, um, you know, it's Carl Jung, the, you know, psychologist that said that hurry is not uh, of the devil. It is the devil. And so slow yeah. down and let God speak to you. Let God build you. Let him grow you. That's how, that's where our character, our integrity, uh, the fruit of the spirit, that's where all that's forged is in those moments that we share with the Lord in the morning and at night. And so uh, take the time to do those things. But, um, but yeah, man, again, I'm just grateful to be on here. So thank you so much for letting me. Yeah. And I uh, had a fun convo, man.
And thank you, Brandon. And uh, we're going to put the in the show notes, uh, I'll link where you can keep up with Brandon, his family, his ministry, and um, just reach out to him. I'm sure he'd love to connect with you there. Uh, thank you so much, Brandon, for being a part. Absolutely. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Noah.